Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you. It's after 8 o'clock here on 1150KKNW. It is Drive Time Radio with yours truly, New York Vinny. And I am so glad that you are along for the ride this morning. Please uh, call your friends and tell them we're here every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Most Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. Nah, every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And um, we talk about cars and automotive lifestyle people. We review cars. We tell you what's good, what's not good. And we, um, you know, we, we try to uh, create a community around automobiles. It's not exactly cars and coffee, but it's coffee and Vinny and cars. So we try to do that. We try to get that, uh, try to do that for you every Saturday morning. Plus, you can find us on YouTube at uh, Drive Time with New York Vinny, as well as uh, so many other places where you can stream and, and get, uh, what is it, Apple Podcast and uh, Podcast One and all those different podcast bodegas. Uh, you can find us there as well. So, and we always thank you for listening. We got, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, electric cars this morning. Uh, some new information out about them. And also, um, well, we got a few other things planned for you. So, uh, and we have a great, oh man, what a great cartoon I found this morning. It's a little long, but. I'll tell you what, man, you want to gather around the radio for this one. You don't want to miss today's cartoon uh, because it is uh, it's definitely a groovy one. Shall we say, can we say groovy? I still say groovy. I don't you know whether it's in or out. You know, it's I do it. So, um, you know, my daughter sometimes will roll her eyes at me when I say it. Dad, how could you be so? But, uh, you know, I'm being hip for me. When I where I grew up, where you grew up, uh, the boys are down at the girls and women and men and and everybody else are down at the shoreline cars and coffee. So if you get a chance, drop by there. Uh, I think they had like 40 cars last week. And although it's a bit cool out, um, it doesn't look like for the moment there's going to be rain, uh, at least in this area. I'm not that far from shoreline. Uh, here at the Esperance Media Studios in uh, Edmonds, Washington. And uh, we, uh, you know, we advise you go down there and take a look at some of the neat iron. Lots of cruising and and different events coming up uh, around the Puget Sound. Uh, You know, we're back. Uh, Whether COVID's going to get you or not going to get you, we're back. People are back. They're out. They're cruising. They're gathering together. They're, they're showing off their iron. They're, uh, they, they've had that car in the garage too long. And it's too many, uh, too few beautiful days of summer up here to uh, just keep it in the garage. So people are getting their cars out. They're taking them. There's a, 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 a myriad of car shows and cruises and so on and so forth going on all weekend. Uh, so, you know, there's a there's a uh, Puget Sound cruise site that I look at. It's on Facebook. Uh, they, they seem to put everything up there. And that's a very good uh, good site. And it, it, whether you're all the way up near Vancouver, uh, Van, uh, near British Columbia, or you're all the way down near Ocean Shores, there are cruises and uh, places to see great cars uh, 24-7. Well, maybe not 24-7. Maybe 
18-2. Uh, maybe like 15-2. 15 hours, two days, Monday, uh, Tuesday. No, two days, Saturday and Sunday. 15 hours a day. Eh, let's go eight. Let's go eight and two, okay? <laughs> eight, two. <laughs> Not 24-7. Eight, two. <laughs> Sometimes I crack myself up. Uh, let's see what let's um let's start out with uh this article I ran across from uh, our good friend Brian Cooley and I, he just posted it this morning on CNET and uh, if you are a considerer of a considerer uh, considering buying an electric vehicle where would you be uh, most likely to have a lot of electric vehicles around you. All right, let's 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 have a little fun. Nathan? Yes, sir. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. All right. Uh, let's see. Plug-in hybrid plug-in electric vehicles and um hybrids. So electric vehicles according to S&P Global. Um uh, through 2030, tell me the percentage of electric vehicles that you think by 2030 will happen in the state of Washington. In the state of Washington, by 2030, I'm going to have to give it an 80%. In operation, top 10 states forecast through 2030. California will have 25% of the electric vehicles. Florida, 8%. New York, 8, 6%. New Jersey, 4%. Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Illinois, along with Washington, 3%. Oh, I must have heard the question wrong. No. Um, Oh, how many vehicles in Washington, you, you thought? No, yeah. how many vehicles, percentage of vehicles around the whole country? Oh, okay. Yeah, we will have 3% of the electric vehicles, according to this forecast. I haven't seen a forecast. I've actually looked for a forecast for the state of Washington. Now, if we look at the fastest growing metros, based on... BEV and PHEV vehicles in operation right now. The fastest growing metros, Dallas, Fort Worth, they're 14th right now. Atlanta is 15th. Philadelphia, 17th. Houston, 19th. And Detroit, 27th. Which is kind of interesting in in the case of uh, Philly and Detroit because you would think that they would be well. Detroit, you know, it's funny because the cold will the cold weather negate people from buying electric cars. You have that problem here to a degree, but I was not thinking, so much. I was thinking that Detroit's known as Motor City, so you get a lot of traditionalist automotive people wanting internal combustion engines. Yeah, and you have a lot of older people in Detroit, which maybe might work against, but then they say that a lot of younger people are going to move to Detroit. Um, one of the things that that 
holds EV sales back, and it, and they they're they're selling as many as they can print. I mean, it's really phenomenal EV sales and what they're doing. Uh, I mean, I'm really, uh, I mean, we are living in a time that is pretty much like the beginning of the 20th century, when you had all these different uh, car brands, all these different automakers, all these different people going, listen, we can take a, a horseless carriage, we can take a horse carriage and put a motor on it. And make it run, and we can do it with electric. We can do it with an engine. There's some people that did it with steam, the Stanley steamer. Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors at play, but it is the feeling that almost anybody can go into the electric car business and, and build an electric car because they're not as as hard to build. Now, will there be a shakeout? Yeah, I mean, are you, you going to see these companies? Uh, I mean, there's a gazillion companies out there right now that are trying to put an electric car on the road. Um, some of them borrow batteries and chassis from other cars and so on and so forth. But it's really a, a phenomenal thing to see. And we're living through that curve right now. We're living through that that same industrial uh, uh, revolution around cars that we are that we saw, or we didn't see it. I mean, we weren't alive, but that we that we read about, that we hear about, that we have have stories about from the beginning part of the 20th century. And it's fascinating to watch all of this happen. I mean, it really is. Uh, if you are a fan of American know-how, if you're a fan of America, never mind American know-how, if you're a fan of of the mobility this country has given us to go wherever we want to go and do whatever we want to do. And Lord knows we've abused it enough, but that's one of the automobile is really what freed up this country. It freed up the expansion and it, it freed up uh, places. It freed up people to go and look at places they had never seen before. And they seen some of those places and they liked some of those places. And that's where they went. Places like Phoenix and, uh, uh, you know, Texas. I mean, you think that many people would live in Texas without a car? Forget about it. It wouldn't happen. Um, now, one of the problems that you have with the electric cars is the charging infrastructure. But that is changing. Um, there are, the, the number is phenomenal right now, as of January 22nd, um, there are 125,000 charging stations, uh, in 50,000 locations. That's up from zero in 2011. So in 10 years, we've installed an infrastructure to be able to go, to be able to make electric cars a reality. And <clears throat> with the help of federal money, this is growing at a phenomenal pace. But again, it's going to take uh, alteration by the driver, the owner, and a little bit of planning. Because, you know, if you run out of gas, 
call AAA boom. And, and listen, they're going to have AAA, I'm sure, is developing, if they haven't already, <clears throat> something that'll come out and boost your car if you're an electric car and give you like a, a charge to get to a charging station. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would think that that's already in the works. And you'll see that in in short time. There already is a company we've spoken about before that is their business model is uh, they will come to you and charge your car. So if you, um, I don't know, maybe you park on the street, maybe you uh, are at work and there's not enough charging stations. Maybe you're at a hotel, maybe, you know, all these different things. They'll come and they'll charge the car for you. It's very similar to that. There was a company that we spoke about um, maybe last year, year before that we spoke about that um, came out and put gasoline in your car. (laughs) Yeah. If you were too lazy to gas your car up, these people would come out and gas your car up while you were, uh, I don't know, while you were doing something that was more important than going to the gas station. Now, I really don't know what could be more important than going to the gas station if you're out of gas. Uh, That would seem to me to be one of the things that kind of put you in that space of, I got to do this right away. Kind of like going to the bathroom, you know? I mean, you can hold it in for only so long and then you got to, you got to go. But so it, it becomes the most important thing in your life to visit the gas station if you want to keep going. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird to me, but we live in a service economy and that's what people want. They want service. They, don't, they want to, do, to spend less time doing things that they don't like. And many people don't like going to the gas station. And um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. But it's a fascinating time. For the uh, as, as Brian Cooley ends his um, his article, EVs will get. Uh, well, let's, let me just read it directly here. It's been a long time since car buyers have had to think very hard about whether they lived in a place that supported owning a car. Fueling has been long been ubiquitous, as had service and repair for all but a few exotics. And every state has a dealer network that's had decades to harmonize locations and inventory with demands for makes and models. EVs will get to that point, but in the next decade, we'll watch auto adoption history unfold for just the second time in a long time. And he is absolutely correct. Although, wait a second, we ain't done yet. Ford this week announced that if you want to buy an EV through Ford, they are going to go with the Tesla model which is basically no dealer. You buy it direct from the company. You go online. It's a single price. You buy it online. They update it. They service it at, I guess, what will be a dealer uh, or some kind of repair shop that they will own. So, and this is, this is going to be a very interesting thing to watch because the if you, you ask almost anyone 
the uh, most horrific thing that they have to do is uh, is go to a car dealer uh, and buy a car. It's a grind. Uh, most people that I know that have done it feel like they've, unless they go to somebody they know, uh, if they just walk in cold onto a showroom floor, they feel like they're getting screwed. Even if they got a great price on a car, the perception of auto dealers is horrible. And in many cases, rightly so. Um, for every great dealership, and there are great dealerships out there that take care of their customers and do the right thing, there are others that don't. Others that try to figure out how to get every possible dime out of somebody buying a car. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So Ford is following the Tesla mode and the Carvana mode uh, example and uh, some of these other used car services that deliver cars to you. And they're going to put the cars online. You're going to go to a website. You're going to see what you like. They'll probably be a center in, in a city or a few of them in, in different places that you'll be able to go and, buy and, and, and test drive the car. Although I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that for a fact. But there'll be places that you can go and you can test drive the car. And um, you'll be able to place an order. You won't have a salesman or there'll be a, a, probably an attendant. But I don't think they're going to try to sell you the car. You'll be able to get questions answered in the chat. Uh, but there'll be no price negotiation. It is what it is, and that's what you pay for it. And I'm still not sure which people are going to. Now, again, everybody complains about going to the dealership, but I know that there's people like me that, that like to go to the dealership and like to haggle a deal and like to get in the room and, uh, you know, and, and, and go toe to toe. And feel like I'm coming out with a good deal. So you, you tell me uh, which, what model of this you think is better. I think, I think the future people, the people that are growing up now, the Nathans of the world who've grown up already, uh, but are starting out their, their consumer lives are going to like this model. I think that, uh, again, people want these days convenience. They want speed. They want more time to be on Facebook and Twitter and social media. They want to make more TikTok videos, right? That, I mean, seriously, that's what, I mean, everybody says, I need more time. I need more time. What do you need more time for? I want to make some more TikTok videos. So there you go. You're making more TikTok videos and uh, you don't have to negotiate for your car. You pay one price. A truck pulls up to your house on a Saturday morning and uh, the guy drops it off. The question is, do you tip the guy? Do you not tip the guy? Uh, it's 20 and off, 30, 40, hundred dollar bill, whatever. And then uh, the car rolls off. They put it in your driveway. It's all charged up and ready to go. Um, an installer comes and puts the, uh, the charging station in your driveway and boom, you are ready to go.
and uh, you, you hit the button on your dashboard, the screen comes up, and it tells you where all the charging stations are along the route that you want to take. So if you're going to drive to San Francisco, it'll show you every charging station to San Francisco. If you're going to drive out to Eastern Washington, it'll show you every charging station out to Spokane, out to Idaho, out to Coeur d'Alene, out to um, uh, wherever you really want to go. Now, that's where the infrastructure will have to catch up with the cars, but it's all going to happen. And I think this, uh, as Brian suggested in his article, uh, 2030 is a pretty good pretty good idea of of the time that you're going to see this come to fruition so that's uh what is that eight years away i hope i'm here to see it i pray i'm here to see it um all right nathan uh, you got a question for me yo Vinny, what are you driving this week oh i thought you'd never ask nathan <laughs> what, are you, what are you waiting for? My cue, probably. All right. What am I driving this week? I'm driving the Hyundai Santa Fe. Um, it, it's uh, This is really a neat vehicle. I mean, I've suggested Santa Fe's to a few friends of mine, and I know they have some warranty problems. I know that there's um, uh, a, an don't park your car inside the house because there's a, a fire hazard with some of these cars. So please be forewarned of that. But I believe that on these cars that are coming out now, that problem has been corrected. They know what the problem is. It's a leaky gas valve that uh, gets on exhaust and ignites and they have to fix it. And um, if you have an old one, please contact an older one, please contact your Hyundai dealer. Uh, they have to fix it free of charge for you. So, uh, but it is very tech oriented, a savvy vehicle, a nice vehicle that um, is roomy inside. It's a four door uh, SUV, in case you don't know what a, a Santa Fe is, not to be confused with the Santa Cruz, the Hyundai pickup. Uh, spacious inside, comfortable. The particular model I'm driving has uh, is really equipped for off-road. It's got, you know, sidebars with the steps on them. It has uh, a, 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 an ability to go, go into four low. It has a hill holder. It has a lot of the neat stuff uh, that you want if you're going casual, all-wheel, four-wheel driving. And uh, so it, I'm, I'm going to take a four-wheeler this afternoon. I'm going to um, have a little spot that I go, and I'm going to go up there and, and, and run it through its paces. So that's, um, that's uh, what I'm driving this week, the Hyundai Santa Fe. And, um, and, and again, it's a, it's a great car, made even better. They've redesigned it a little bit in the front uh, to give it a more aggressive look. The color blue that's on the car and I'm sorry I didn't post a picture of it, but I'll I'll um I'll have to uh, well you'll see it when I do the review next week. Uh, but you know Hyundai, listen, they turn out spectacular cars. Um, there's you know it's I don't think there's a loser in the bunch of them, and it's a it's a fun car to drive, and it's a a great car to uh, to look at and. Although you don't save as much as you used to on a Hyundai, the warranty is still fantastic. It's 10 years, 100,000 miles. Uh, 
And uh, it's, it bears, if you're in the market for that family size, smaller family size SUV, midsize SUV, this is uh, one that you should definitely take a look at. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to do serious off-roading, I don't know if it's the serious off-road car for you, but if you're one of those people that, uh, you know, let's see if we can get close to Lake Cachillas. Let's see how far down we can get without getting stuck. That's the call for you. All right, uh, it's 827 on this Saturday morning. New York, Vinny here with you on Drive Time Radio. Uh, we thank you uh, for coming along for the ride this morning. Uh, I will put in a little uh, uh, endorsement, if you will. Uh, if you have not seen Top Gun Maverick yet, go. Have you seen it yet, uh, Nathan? Not yet, but I have family members who have and friends who have, and they say it is very well done and just a great follow-up to the first original one. It may be. Now, I think the standard for sequels is Godfather 2. I think it may be as a sequel in that league with Godfather 2 of, you know, best all-time sequels. And it, it is... Um, I mean, I don't want to give the movie away, but let's just say I what the first thing I said when the movie was over was it's a field of dreams. It's it's a modern adaptation of that. It has that element to it where you sit in a movie and you're just your emotions are just twisted back and forth. So I, I highly suggest uh, that you go see it. We saw it last night up in uh, up at the uh, Alderwood Mall in the, in the IMAX. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm still shaking from them seats. And I think the biggest selling point of that movie, too, is that Tom Cruise said he wouldn't want to film that movie unless it was done for real. So you're actually seeing real fighter jet pilots flying real planes in real skies. Oh, the, yeah, the flying scenes are phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it is, is special effects. I don't know how much of it is, act, you know, what parts are actually... Uh, not special effects, but my God, uh, just the, uh, the the feeling that you get. I mean, you f you f you feel like you're right in a plane along with them. It's it's, and you know, I don't know if you got that in the first one, but now with all the different advances in cinematography since, uh, you know, what was it, 1986 for Top Gun? Um, it's phenomenal. It's it's just a, it's an amazing update to a story that we all grew up with and uh, i highly suggest uh that you go see it and take the kids there's one curse word in the whole movie i'll, I'll forewarn you that one curse word in the entire movie all right so we've done our movie review now it's time for um i want to do something a little personal here before we get to our cartoon uh this morning i um Uh, people that know me uh, know that I am an advocate for motorcycle safety. That I really encourage people to look for motorcycles, to be on the watch for motorcycles. To And I encourage motorcyclists to drive with your head. Don't drive when you had alcohol because the slightest diminishment of your reflex cap capabilities when you're driving a motorcycle can be deadly. And I will, um, and I'll, I'll keep doing that. I mean, I, I will 
reinforce that, especially now when summer is upon us, the nice weather is people are getting out on their motorcycles and they're going different places and taking rides and going out and cruising on there, whether it's an older guy with a big Harley or some young guy with a rocket. Uh, it's, you know, people still are going out there. And as a matter of fact, you know, with the way things have been the last couple of years, they're probably itching to get on their bikes and ride and go different places. And I ask you uh, to be aware of motorcyclists. If you're driving, uh, put down your phone. This is the most important time of year to put down your phone. Uh, because you don't have the time to react. If you're looking at your phone, if you're texting somebody and a motorcycle is coming the other way or somebody, or you're making a lot, whatever the, the different things that can happen, please take some time, be aware of your surroundings, especially up route nine, um, up I five out route 90 on route two. Um, Anywhere, uh, you know, on the, the Cascade Highway, all these places where people with motorcycles go to take their, their cruises, their rides. And I'll tell you why I'm so adamant and so uh, just, just so um, insistent on motorcycle safety. Tomorrow, June 5th, will be. 50 years, 50 years since I was involved in a horrible motorcycle accident. It was a, a summer night in New York, and I just had bought a little Yamaha bike, and I was showing off and uh, driving up uh, 30th Avenue in Jackson Heights, and with... Uh, one of the girls that I used to hang out with on the corner and uh, a car made a left turn in front of me. Didn't see me. Never saw me. And I crashed into the right wheel of the car so hard that I broke the ball joints in the car. I did not have a helmet on. Neither did she. Um, I hit that car. It was an old 60-something, 60 61 Mercury, I think. And I hit it, and I went up into the wheel well. Bones breaking as I was, um, it's like I could feel them. And the only thing that saved my life, and this is one of those stories that, you know, it's funny now, but thank God that it was it was there. Um, this woman, this, this girl that I was with had, uh, a large chest. And when my head went back, it hit her chest. And that's what saved my life. That's what kept my head from being laid out all over the pavement. Uh, so the ambulance came, it got me. And her, it took us to the emergency room. Um, I remember seeing the priest reading me my last rites. Uh, my father was there and, and uh, you know, family and then a whole bunch of people from the corner I hung out on. 
82nd Street and 37th Avenue. I had broken, fractured my right leg in five places. Uh, both my wrist, both my hands, both my all my fingers, uh, one of my arms, uh, my collarbone. I got scars still under my chin. And the reason I tell you this is because I'm so thankful. Not thankful that I got into the accident, but thankful that I had the experience. Uh, God has has saved me. I don't know why. I don't know what I did to deserve it. By all rights, I should have been dead that day. But tomorrow, it'll be 50 years that I've been given um, a second chance on this earth. And a second chance to do some kind of good. I don't know if I've done that or not. I, I don't know if I, you know, when we get to uh, where they, they look at the ledger, if I've done more bad than good. And I really hope and pray that I can continue to do good for a while. I've been lucky enough to have been spared um, three times in my life when I was close to death. And uh, I just consider myself... I mean, you want to talk about Lou Gehrig's day the other day. I consider myself the luckiest man in the world uh, because I was able to get past this and able to get through this. And it, um, and listen, I was the one, you know, I probably should have been much more cautious, but I was 16 years old and I was an idiot kid. I should have been on the bike that day. Um, it was uh, it, it it cost me dearly, but it also changed my life. It also made me things. And you know, when you're a kid, you think you're invulnerable. You think that you got your whole life ahead of you, and you think that. You can do anything because you're young, because you're strong, because you um, are smart, that you can do anything. You can drag race. You can go out street racing. You can ride a motorcycle up off a, a cliff and into the river, you know, whatever it is you think you can do. And you, you have that, that option, that, that plan that of youth behind you. And I've come to realize in our lives that we're given many second chances along the way. Some of them aren't as out there as getting into a motorcycle accident, but they're these beautiful second chances that we're given in life. Um, we do some of the stupidest stuff that could be imagined, but yet somehow, some way, we find forgiveness and we find an opportunity to continue and do good stuff in this world. And that's what I hope I did um, in the 50 years that, uh, that I've had, well, 49 years and 364 days that I've had since uh, that accident at uh, 7 o'clock at night 
on uh, 30th Avenue and 69th, actually 30th Avenue and Booty Street, B-O-O-D-Y. Um, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget uh, the, the chance that I've been given. And I wake up every day. Some days I think about it for five minutes. Sometimes, some days I think about it for hours. Some days I think about it like that. But there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. And what I ask you to do is to be aware of motorcyclists on the road. Be aware of people. Don't make somebody go through what I had to go through or worse. Every day I walk, every day I get on my feet, I still feel pain from that. Not a day that goes by that I don't feel pain from that accident. And it's curtailed things that I would like to do in my life in many ways. Other ways it's made me stronger, but it's also made me less able to hike in the woods and climb mountains and do all of that stuff that everybody does up here. It's made me be able to probably be able to go have to find a beach somewhere and just you know, lie out on the beach, which, I, you know, I got to tell you, it's not, it's not that bad. I could think of worse things to happen. But thank you so much for indulging me here for a moment. Please, please, please keep an eye out for motorcycles uh, this season. Uh, keep an eye out for people. Uh, stay off your phones. I don't mean to preach to you here. I just, from somebody who knows what it is like, for somebody who knows what this is, um, the pain, uh, you know, the, my mother's face when she saw me lying in the hospital, my father crying. I never seen my father cry. And my father was standing over my bed crying. Oh, by the way, uh, before I get off of this, we go on to the cartoon, the girl on the bike who's hit, who's, chest saved my life um last i heard she was great she was okay she had she got i think she got some kind of water on the knee or something like that or fluid on her knee and that was it so uh donna if you're out there somewhere wow it'd be nice to talk to you after 50 years (laughs) you know your kids hanging out on a corner. It was an amazing, amazing thing. And uh, <laughs> wow, uh, it, it, it really was. All right, enough of my uh, preaching. Um, enough of my telling you uh, this. I found, Tony, I found a great car song for you this morning, a great cartoon. We do it every Saturday morning. We, uh, we play a little music because cars and music go together so well. This is by a blues artist, Eddie Harris. And I don't know much about Eddie Harris, except that I got this, uh, I found this song just uh, doing my car song searches. And I heard it and I was like, wow, man, that's a, that's a happening song. That's a good piece of music. So, um, and the album cover also blew me away. And I sent Nathan a picture of while we play the song, we'll put the album cover up. But here is uh, Eddie Harris with I'm Tired of Driving. 
There you go. A great um, cover, too. I mean, it, it's, you know, it took me a second to realize that it was a, uh, a 55 Chevy. <laughs> well, it looks like he's in a 55 Chevy. But I don't know who did that, that, that album cover from 1978. That's Eddie Harris. And I'm tired of driving. Great piece of music. I, you know, I'm a blues fan. And, um, you know, I've been kind of, you know, I search for these songs every every week. I, I look through countless, uh, you know, places where they store data. And a lot of them I have in my own collection. Um, and it's, it's just a great, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, listen, I collect baseball music. I collect music about cars. I love music. I love baseball. I love cars. I love women. I mean, that's, you know, that's, well, I like other things. I mean, like nature, and I, and I love my daughter and my sister uh, above all. And I love God. I'm just giving you the things I love now. Boy, the show is, the show is really about me today, isn't it? I mean, this is definitely one of those shows where... <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> I've taken the liberty of uh, telling you about me, but uh, great song there. That's a cartoon. We do it every Saturday morning uh, at about 835 uh, or so. And uh, depending on which way the show is going, and it's something that we uh, put together for you so that, uh, you know, you don't have to listen to me for an entire hour uh, unless one day I record a car song and then you may have to listen to me for an entire hour, but you know, we'll, we'll stay away from that. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. By the way, I've gotten a couple of um, people who have asked me about our background and fellers garage, uh, which is um, a little place that still looks exactly like this, or at least when I left Pittsburgh, it did when I left Mount Lebanon, um, in Pittsburgh, it looked exactly like it does behind me, untouched. Um, I hope they never touch it. I hope they leave it the way it is. I hope some people don't buy it and paint over that stuff. It's, um, you know, it, uh, it, it it's an old garage. It's an old place that people used to go and get their cars repaired. And by the looks of things, with the uh, awning on top there and everything. It looks like a place where you probably spent the Saturday afternoon hanging out, talking cars, where some of the local kids that uh, were hot rodders and so on and so forth uh, would bring their cars to uh, ask Mr. Feller if they could work on them or if he could work on them. Just as there's a great history to this place. I mean, I don't know that I've ever myself uh, found history, but it's it's in Mount Lebanon. Uh, it's been the subject of numerous paintings, and uh, I think there's a poem out about it. And I guess because of the name too, Fellers, you know, it's kind of like, it's, hey, Fellers. <laughs> so, how you doing, Fellers? Back in the days when we used to call each other Fellers, I don't think people do that much anymore but uh it uh it really is a a kind of um <clears throat> you could just imagine 25 years ago the place filled with chevys and fords and and maybe even before that studebakers and hudsons and uh just a couple of guys that knew how to wrench cars 
working in that place. It's not that big. It's a, it's a pretty small place, but it's, you know, gas stations today and, and repair garages are a lot different <clears throat> than they used to be. And uh, this is just a throwback to the old time. I, I, I hope it, uh, I hope it stays like that forever. I know it won't, but I hope everything stays like it does at least while I'm around after that. Have fun. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Oh, man. All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll take a uh, really quick break here. No, you know what? Let's not break. I was going to break to, uh, but I actually think we'll, we'll just roll through and do our um, uh, do our road test because we have the a- drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, I'm not going to say much is ugly about this car uh, because I think it's one of the best cars out there right now if you're looking for a luxury hybrid vehicle. And I'm talking about the 2022 Lexus RX 450h F Sport um, that uh, I drove last week. All-wheel drive. The F Sport adds... Um, uh, some nice touches to it, including uh, brushed uh, aluminum uh, pedals and uh, a bunch of appearance features, the F-Sport badges on the car. I don't know that it goes any faster because it's an F-Sport, but it looks nice. It distinguishes the car. So there's more, uh, there's a little bit more in there. But it's the uh, it's a four wheel drive SUV. Uh, it's a V six. Well, let's 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 do the outside of the car first because I think the car is really well designed. Although uh, we just saw this past week that the design is going to change for 2023 in uh, at least in the front of the car. You know, Lexus has that large grill that comes up and goes all the way up into the hood. It looks like um a bug trying to swallow something and they're going to bring the front of the hood down so that the top of the grill will be under the headlights or under headlight level. Um, I don't know what the reason for that refresh is. I'm sure there's some other things that they're going to do it to do to it as well, but that's what we saw in this one. Uh, the outside of the car has beautiful lines. It's outstanding looking. And it's really a, a, a piece of art when you're driving it. I mean, sometimes this is one of those cars where you stand there and you look at it and you go, to, they knew what they were doing when they designed this thing. It has that little floating roof motif in the back um, where, you know, you have that strip that comes down to the tailgate and it looks like the roof floats on the back of the car. I love that design language and I think it's great. It, it, it really uh, shows off a lot and on a 109 um, inch wheelbase 192 overall it handles very nicely it parks easy and it um, for a hybrid it really uh, is seamless in driving you know in switching from gas to electric it has a um, an electric uh, an ability to Ride alone on electric, 
for a certain amount of miles. And I'm dang if I can remember now the number of miles. Not a big tower, it's 3,500 uh, capacity, so it's a small trailer at best that you're going to tow with this thing. But the it, where it really um, makes its mark is in the interior. I mean, it is spacious. It's roomy. It is uh, fit and finish. It's spectacular. The only thing, and I know, I hope, I pray that they're going to change this for 2023, is the um, Lexus, the old Lexus um, mouse pad type finger control. It's it's annoying. It's cumbersome. It doesn't work. And if you have to spend more, pay more attention to it than to driving. And for me, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, younger people have more of a dexterity with that. It really was troublesome and bothersome for me. And I thought that, and because I had the LX um, a couple of weeks ago with the new Lexus uh, mechanism for the infotainment system that was much easier. I always would tell you if you were looking at this car to wait till next year, if you can. I mean, it's not a great time to buy a car right now anyway, but um, it, it is, again, a spectacular car. And if you can live with that, but, but really... Get in that car and check that and, and check that uh, mouse pad, that that infotainment interface out to make and, and do it while you're driving the car if you're interested in uh, in this one, because other than that, it really is a spectacular vehicle. Um, lots of cargo space, uh, lots of rear seat room. Uh, it, it really it shines, and again I say the build and the fit and finish is spectacular on the car. And I think these days, um, you know that that's something that you have to look at. It gets um, it uh, on hybrid. I think it gets five hundred. Uh, what does it get? Uh, Four hundred eighty-one point six miles according to uh, uh range uh, 30 31 and 28 are the numbers there but the uh, lexus is a good car a spectacular car if you want to move up in uh level on this thing the one i tested sold for sixty-two thousand four hundred and fifty bucks uh the lexus uh rx 450h f sport great car Thank you, Lexus, uh, for uh, letting me drive it for a week. And while we're there, thank you so much for listening to the show. It's time for us to go. We will catch up with you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Thank you to everybody who helps put this show on, especially Nathan, our producer. See you next week.